Welcome to the Leverage Ladies Podcast with Linda McKissick and Shannon Dager. Each episode of this show, we will take on conversations about the biggest assets you have working for you, your team members. We will hear stories and conversations from successful business leaders, authors, and executives, and learn how they have used leverage to grow and expand to the next level. If you are looking to grow or expand your business, this is the show for you. Now, let's talk leverage. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Leverage Ladies. This is a podcast where we have inside conversations with top experts and business owners about their journey to finding leverage, growing their organizations, and achieving work-life balance. These are perspectives and stories you won't hear anywhere else. We're your hosts, Linda McKissick and Shannon Dager. We are business owners ourselves and business partners who committed to leveraging our way to freedom so that we can achieve financial peace and have a life by design. As lifelong learners who have multiple organizations, we know that you can achieve more by focusing on building organizational support and leverage. To go along with these interviews each week, we're putting together a roadmap for you to follow as you are implementing leverage into your own business. Our speakers will be sharing documents and resources with you as well. Be sure to listen to us so that you can find out where you can get each week's piece of the roadmap. We highly encourage you to check these resources out. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the Leverage Ladies Podcast. We are so excited to have you here for episode one. We are excited to talk about leverage and all of the peace that it can bring to our life. Uh, Linda, I know you have built so many organizations. You have multiple organizations where you have success stories to share. Tell me a little bit about when you realized that leverage was important in your life and what made you want to dive in to the finding leverage and, and what that process looked like. Absolutely. Well, first of all, Shannon, I'm excited to be doing this podcast with you. This is episode one, where we get the audience to understand who we are as their host and give a little bit of our background. Just super excited about this opportunity because leverage is a super important conversation to me. And I always say our soul kind of speaks to us and tells us what's important if we learn how to listen. And I remember the first tap on my shoulder was when I was 18 years old and it was my first real job. Now I had worked all through high school. But it was my first real job, Shannon, where I went in at eight and got off at five. <laughs> and I had two little 15 minute breaks in between. I'd never had a job like that. I always had jobs where I had flexibility. And so this job was really more restrictive. And so all of a sudden, I started thinking, this is awful. <laughs> they tell me when to come in. They tell me when to leave. They tell me how much I'm going to get paid. And really, that was my soul kind of saying, OK, freedom is going to be important to you. So I always like to tease and say, so I got out of that eight to five job and went into real estate, where as a salesperson, I went in way before eight and got off way after five. But there was a certain level of freedom that came with that. I got to choose when I went to work. I got to choose when I got off of work. And I also got to choose how much money I made. And so freedom to me is what you get when you learn leverage. And so that was my first opportunity for my soul to really speak up and speak its piece about what was going to be important to me all throughout my life. And I think leverage became important to me because I just sucked at everything. Honestly, I could go through a long list of, oh, nope, can't do that. Nope, I can't do that. Nope, I can't do that. So I've always said, wherever my life was messy, I learned to start saying who, not how. Because my mantra on how is if I was going to do it, I would have already. <laughs> and so wherever my life was messy was probably a place that I wasn't either qualified or interested in doing it. And so that was where I started trying to find leverage in my life. And I think it comes because I like freedom to do the things that I'm uniquely gifted for. And I like freedom to do the things I want to do. And so 
to do that, you have to learn leverage. And not that it was easy, because I think leverage can be hard for everyone, because I think a lot of times we look at leverage as a bad thing because we think we're giving it to someone who can do the job worse than us. And I think what we should do is realize that we are giving away jobs that somebody out there can actually do better than us. So it came early in my real estate career because paperwork's never been good for me. I mean, I couldn't do an Excel spreadsheet if my life depended on it. And so I think by default, I really didn't have any choice but start asking the question, who, not how. Because how for me on most things could take hours. And I didn't have hours, right, that I could afford to be doing things that I weren't that good at or that weren't going to pay me the highest dollar amount that I could actually be paid. That's kind of my journey into leverage. And, you know, now we have a running joke at our house. There's no job too small to subcontract. My mantra is I have a really long list to do now. Who's going to do it? I've come a long way. And so I think there's a lot of hope for people out there who leverage is actually kind of hard because I remember it was hard to give away certain jobs because you think you can do them better than most people or you think it's an expense rather than an investment. So if I can overcome all those things and pretty much leverage everything out in my life, personally, professionally, there isn't too much I do except the few things that are in my gift zone and in my unique ability. And so one of the things that I hope that you and I can get across in this podcast, Shannon, is that how much better people's lives can be when they learn to leverage out all the things that either are not the 20% in their life personally or not the 20% that's important in their business life also. I love that. Linda, you said a couple of things that I want to go back to because I think that they're unique. One, you know what you're good at. And I think so many people don't take the time to identify what they're good at. And we just get so many things thrown on our plate. And so I think that identifying where your strengths are is super important in beginning the process. You weren't scared to hire somebody that was better than you. I think a lot of business leaders and CEOs are scared to hire somebody that is better than them because they don't want to be replaced. And at the end of the day, it's actually a sign that you're a better leader, right? When you know your skills and your strengths and you are allowing somebody else to have the opportunity to come up and grow with you. I want to correct one thing. None of this came without fear. And I think that's a problem people have is they compare their insides to our outsides or anybody's outsides that have accomplished something. And the truth is there was fear. But I think what I wanted on the other side of fear was way more important to me than the fear itself. So yes, I had all those limiting beliefs that everybody else has. But I think when you can see a brighter future or a bigger life on the other side of that fear, I always say when the pain of staying where you are is great enough, you'll let go and go to the next place. But until the pain is great enough, we keep hanging on to what we already know. Just the only thing I would change about that is, yeah, it did come with fear. I don't want people to think, well, they have fear and I didn't because I did. Honestly, there was a lot of trepidation and fear. I agree with you. I think it all comes with fear. I think that you have to make your decision um, to get through it and that decision to approach it bravely. And that's the way to finding your way through it. And that's scary for a lot of people. And so I really like that you mentioned that it's not a simple process, right? And one of the things that we're going to talk about as we talk to business leaders that are coming on and who have been successful in doing this and building bigger organizations is the successes and challenges that they have experienced through that. So for me, I'll take a second to just share a little bit of my background because I think I have some failures that I'm happy to address that I think that have taught me the value of leverage. I owned a business when I was really, really young and I got lucky and I married a guy who was an electrician and we started this business together with $5,000 in our checking account and nothing to lose. And we just worked our tails off and we built that business to where we had a significant crew of people out in the field. 
But throughout that process, I ended up having three babies in three years. So I was visiting job sites and construction sites with babies on my hip and realized that that's not the quality of life that I wanted. That's not the life I envisioned. That wasn't the dream I had. And so the only way that I could free myself up from that is to hire some leverage to come in and do the tasks that weren't my priorities. And they kept me from focusing on the things that were important to me. And so I built a team. And in building that team, there was a lot of successes and a lot of trials and a lot of stumbling blocks along the way. And then we hit 2008 and we owned a construction company and it was scary in Atlanta. And we were fortunate that we survived because we were financially and fiscally very conservative, but we didn't have the team we needed to thrive. And so I ended up going back out into private sector. And through a couple of mentors, I ended up going into learning about building teams and took some classes and certification. And I became a senior leader in human resources, specifically on team development. And so it's become a passion. Like you said, it spoke to my heart because Mm -hmm. I know that it's what business leaders need to do in order to grow and to thrive and to find that same freedom. So focusing on that is really what has brought me here. And then we come back to like circle around to the shift. And we see this change in our workforce. I've experienced being virtual all the time. And it was really challenging. I don't know how to build that leverage in. And then we get introduced to the opportunity with technology and industry changes to have a true virtual workforce. And so having cyberbackers help and do different things for me has been such a game changer in how much we accomplish that when the opportunity to partner came up, I thought, this is how you do this. And you do this smartly, financially, and you do this with real true leverage to build a business in what is a changing workforce environment. And Mm so I was super excited to talk to you about doing it because I know you have so much business success and leverage. And here we are today. I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah. And, you know, I get excited, Shannon, thinking about virtual opens up talent across the world. Without virtual, you wouldn't be able to access so many talented people. And that's one of the things I love about Cyberbackers is they do such a great job of sourcing really talented people that we would never, ever have access to without the virtual world opening up. So I get super excited about that opportunity. And, you know, one thing you said about your story that stuck out to me is a lot of times, Shannon, people don't reach out for leverage until something gets so painful that they have to. And in your situation, you got three babies you really don't have a whole lot of choice. Something's going to fall and something's going to give. And because our family is always those glass balls, we don't want to let those fall. So you kind of force your way into leverage. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people is someone gets sick or they're just get to a point in their life where they're sacrificing something super important to them, like family qualities and time and all that stuff. And then that's when they finally look up and go, okay, I give, find me some help. And I think virtual VAs and things are a great way to do it because one, it's a little less expense than taking on a full-time person that sits at a desk next to you that if you had to let them go, wouldn't be very fun or pleasant, right? What are some other benefits that you think from using virtual leverages? I think the cost benefit is the obvious one that so many people jump to, but we have virtual assistants that are literally sitting on a laptop next to their CEO and they are talking all day long and every day. So a lot of people are like, no, I need somebody in the office with me. I need to bounce ideas off of them. No, there's systems and tools that are actually set up so that you can have a totally integrated workforce and that is live and with you all the time. So that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't know. Efficiencies and talent. I mean, I think the diversity of talent is enormous in our workforce. Because we are one of the number one employers out of the Philippines, 
we get such an enormous talent database and we go through them. And so I think we can really top grade talent and offer that. And that is huge. I think the hours of the ability to work, to be able to have customer service hours, 24 hours a day, because they work our hours, but they work our hours that we ask them to work. So some businesses utilize this to have customer service teams 24-7, or they use this to do lead generation time when they're not busy at work. They don't want to be on the phone because they want to spend their time with their family or doing running a different organization. Those are a couple of things. And then, like you said, really knowing what you're good at and bringing additional value to your organization by bringing other people in to kind of elevate that skill set that you have in the organization, I think are enemies. Yeah. Well, I think too, with leverage, I think people worry a little bit about, oh, do I have enough work for someone? And I've never hired someone that I ever looked back and said, you know, I really don't have enough work for them. Honestly, it winds up being very quickly. Oh my gosh, I probably need two people instead of one, you know, I have way too much work. But I think that's another limitation that keeps people is, would I have enough things to keep them busy? I think a lot of times people think about the work activities, but to me, relieving some of your personal activities is just as important as the things you get help with at your business or at your job. I agree. Sometimes it's more important to relieve some of the personal activities. Like when you think about what you do, you are the face behind your business. So you should always remain the face behind your business. So taking some of those personal things that take you away from those glass balls that you don't want to drop, that's really important. We're talking about small things that you can take away from your daily activities every single day. If you can remove those and offload those, it's huge. Um, I typically have anybody that comes in and says they don't have enough work. Like we, we really think about helping them with focus. And so when we have people come in and they say, oh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I have enough work. We start with writing a job description and then we end up going through each step of the way. And oftentimes we end up with four pages of job description. So working through that and setting those expectations and saying, hmm, you actually need like four virtual assistants. So which one do you want to hire? That's part of the process. And um, sometimes we see leaders that they don't have that focus and what they need and what problems they're trying to solve. And that can be daunting in terms of what work to hand off to them. So we use systems and tools and conversations that we can use to guide them and help them gain focus. And one of the coolest things that I found recently that's really helped a lot of clients is that um, we've started we've started coaching. So I'm coaching 15 minutes a week, all of our clients and cyberbackers, only if they want to sign up, they can sign up for 15 minutes. And we go through and we coach them on what they're doing, what they need to make sure that they're using their cyberbacker as efficiently as possible. And so I think that that's something that you can use with a virtual assistant. That's something we can do with an in-office assistant as well, coach you to help raise them up. So do they need upskilling? Do they need additional training? Um, we found that that has solved a lot of questions and been a great resource for our clients. So they get an end of the day report and we've kind of trained them in how to set those expectations. So that's really helped a lot. I love that. So what are some of the things that when you start to have those calls, you discover what a great opportunity and accountability to utilize that cyberbacker to the fullest. But what are some of the things that you discover pretty quickly when you do those calls with people? So 
Um, one of the things that we say with a cyber backer is that we train them and we do, we train, we train them to start working for an organization in the systems and the tools that they need to use. So when we bring somebody on in a business evaluation, we ask what systems and tools you are currently using. So that's a great place to start. And then we implement training for every system and tool that they say. And so we also commit to developing them further as they need further training. And we build that in. So um, if we don't know it, we we bring it to you and we learn it. And so we train, spend 10 days training your cyber backer in all of the systems and tools that you say that you need. And so um, a lot of CEOs say, okay, they should be ready to start day one. And technically they are. But a lot of times organizations aren't ready to start day one. So they don't have an operations manual. So we don't set up the operations manual for an organization. So if somebody wants to move a lead from one place to another in your database, that needs to be outlined. So that's something that um, we see a lot. So in terms of inside sales, when they start making phone calls, you have a database that they can make phone calls out of. Um, We go through the 10 days of training and teach them that. So they end up spending their time organizing how to update the data or updating the database and data mining. And it's not necessarily the best use of the time for an ISA that would really be an admin role. And so we've had to learn to address those things um, in the beginning with coaching conversations and in that business evaluation to say, here's the expectation on what needs to be complete when they actually start. And so it's okay to come in and say, this is what I want them to do. Here's my systems and tools, but I'm not quite ready. And then we can give guidance on how to get ready, or we can give guidance on you really need an admin for this piece of the role or until you get your um, database up and then, then we're ready for the ISA. So expectations are a big thing. And we talk about that. We talk about systems and tools a lot. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest things in coaching that we talk about. Um, one of the other things that we we say, um, and we want people to know, is that we have 3,500 cyber hackers sitting on a, 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 a Slack channel. Sorry, word just escaped me. Um, and so if you want to know if your lead generation tool is the best, um, they can talk to 3,500 other people doing the same thing. Um, if you want to know if your social media planning tool is the best, they can talk to 3,500 other um, virtual assistants that are doing the same thing and get some different ideas for you. Um that's really a cool thing that they have to offer. It's the power in numbers. Yeah. And so much of the time, once you can get somebody to get clarity, they can get a lot better results. It's that what process can you take people through to help them get clarity? I'm a quick start. So I hear an idea and I just like jump on it, like a pounds on it, like a lion. And so that usually means maybe I don't have all the clarity I need about what it is I want the end result to be. And so I've wasted a lot of money and time, quite honestly, doing that without realizing Wow, if I just spent a little bit of time and sit back and process the idea and thought through what obstacles I might come up against or what my end result needs to be and what will happen if I get that result, what happens if I don't, I think it would help a whole lot. So what a great process that you're doing to help get clarity. And I think a lot of times people don't really know, or maybe when they first get started, they're thinking this idea, but then when they hear what other cyber backers are doing for other people, they're like, oh no, I'd rather have them do that. So yeah. that's a great resource to have all those cyber backers that are working for people to get ideas from them also. That's how I learn best. So I think that's really exciting. One of the really cool things that I know we're talking about um, in this podcast and I want to share with our listeners is that we're not just, we're not talking about cyber backers here. We're talking about leverage and virtual leverage. 
And so what I want to say is that we're, where we're coming from today in this conversation, and one of the really cool things that we're going to be doing in this podcast is we have been developing a roadmap. And that's something that we're going to give to business leaders to follow no matter where you are at in your journey. And you can take it piece by piece and put it together and hiring the leverage that you need. So we're going to help you write that operations manual, an FAQ sheet, a troubleshooting manual that helps you not just start and leverage, but it helps you to develop a leverage system that really builds your business. So I'm super excited to share that with business leaders and and help them get some freedom Um, I'm super excited about dropping those bits and pieces of value and documents to help them move forward. And I think that that's like really exciting and it's going to help a lot of people along the way of either started or scared to start. And it's going to help them have those systems in place and not hit hit some of the same obstacles that, you know, Linda, you and I have hit along the way and then had to go back and fill the crack. I love that. And I'm excited about our guests because we've got a lot of great guests who have used leveraged very effectively and gotten great mm-hmm. results. So I think people will get a lot of great ideas from our guests that we bring on also that are here to talk about leverage. Yeah, we've got guests that are bringing that we're bringing on that are book authors that have written white papers that are large managers and executives in every industry. And they talk about their successes and their trials and the way they've made it and the things that they are that they have found um, that have helped them build culture in their organization and um, utilizing an in-office and a remote workforce. So um, that's really exciting. They talk about um, how to bring how to bring team members in and have their clients embrace them as if they're a part of their team and how to train them and how to develop them. Um, it's really exciting. Yeah, exciting about all those conversations, Shannon. Super excited. I think people are going to get lots of value. Any final thoughts as we close out today you want to share with our listeners? Today, we just really, on episode number one, wanted to introduce ourselves, let you know who we are, a little bit about what you can expect from this podcast. And of course, we're always open to ideas also, but any final thoughts you'd leave our guests with? I would just say, um, keep informed, stick with us. We're going to build a roadmap along the way so that you can take some of the fear out of moving forward. Um, We want you to have a plan and set in place. And if you have any questions, if you have any struggles, we want to be there for you to reach out to. So we've set up additional channels as well for you to reach out to us and find resources for us. And we're really excited about that. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget to visit our website and download this week's piece of your Leverage Roadmap at LeverageLadies.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to and share this Leverage Ladies podcast with others. We would love to have you follow us on social media as well. Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and be sure to follow us for ongoing tips, updates, and information. Remember, the greatest compliment you can give us is to leave a five-star review so that others are able to find the Leverage Ladies podcast. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Leverage Ladies Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and we hope to catch you again in the next episode of the Leverage Ladies Podcast. We'll see you then.